Welcome back, everybody, to the Bearded Table, Episode 8. Had to take another little hiatus, just dealing with some online school and, you know, the holidays rolled around. So wanted to spend my time with family, and now we're back. And we have the NFL playoffs shortly among us. You know, this is a great time to be a football fan. It's exciting with everything that's happened this year. The NFL playoffs are here. You know, there was many times we thought the NFL season was compromised or things weren't going to go out the way we wanted them to, but we're here. Everybody's safe, testing negative, and we're almost there to the playoffs. We've got one more week of football. Most of the teams are locked in. Let's uh, let's break down some of these these playoff previews that they've been giving out so far this past week. You know, looking at it right now on the AFC side, Kansas City obviously is going to have the first round buys. Green Bay will on the NFC side. Um, and the number two seed, so we have Buffalo versus Cleveland. This is a very interesting game. You know, Cleveland has been kind of hit or miss they started off hot phase down they're starting to get hot again buffalo has been a consistently good football team this year but when i look at both of these teams history wise this is the first time they're going to be in the playoffs for a long time so you know i think skill wise they're both in the same category but their fan bases and franchises this is a very important game to them so i think this is going to be maybe the game to watch this week i think with a lot on the line for pride and what you hold dear to you as a Cleveland Browns fan or a Buffalo Bills fan. I mean, it's the doghouse versus Bills Mafia, so it's definitely going to be a good one to tune into. Uh, another one, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Whew. Man, every time Steelers and Baltimore match up, it's always a great game. And the first time the Steelers played Baltimore was a great game. They really showed, I wouldn't say showed Lamar Jackson's weakness, but showed how to play him. If you can kind of cover up those quick short routes that he looks for before he starts to scramble and have, you know, a linebacker spy guarding Lamar, a safety blitz, just someone to kind of contain Lamar in those first couple steps right off the line of scrimmage, you kind of slow him down and make this Ravens team really have to come up with a new game plan. And the same with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, Ben Hollisberger, has, he's had some good games this year and he's had some bad ones. I think the NFL defenses started to learn that the Steelers weren't relying on their run game. They weren't relying on the deep pass. They were relying on five-yard out routes, slants, curls, just quick plays to get the yardage up. So when you start containing those plays and you make him hold the ball longer and people are covered, you're going to take those sacks. You're going to throw those picks. So as some Steeler fans might have been worried during that little stint of losses. It's it's okay. We're going to be all right. This, this game with the Ravens is going to be a very good game. I think it's going to show... After you watch the Indianapolis game, I think it will show either that Steelers team is going to show up and that's the Steelers team we're going to see for the rest of the year and continue through the playoffs, or that was just a second-half burst because they're getting their asses handed to them and they needed to turn it around. And if they come out against this Baltimore team just the way they did against Buffalo or Indianapolis or any of these teams where they got like a 17-point lead or a 10-point lead in the first quarter, they don't want to be playing catch-up. They're not the team that should be playing catch-up. So that's good. I think the, that's going to be their biggest flaw coming into the playoffs. And then the last game, the AFC, we've got Miami and Tennessee. That's that's going to be a great game. I, I really believe Miami's in a position to compete with Buffalo for the division title every year, and in and out, unless Bill Belichick lights a fire under Cam Newton's ass and the Patriots of old are back. But I don't I don't see that happening anytime soon. So I I think Miami and Buffalo are really in a good position right now, and I think they've been waiting for this for a long time. You look at this Miami team, I mean, they have Tua, who's been incredible this year, but then you have Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
the guy who's supposed to just kind of help him out, tell him what he's doing wrong, but he goes in there and throws one of the best passes of all season. He put them in a position where they were almost guaranteed a playoff spot. I'm pretty sure all the numbers that were crunched, if they would have lost that game, I think their percentage went from, I want to say, somewhere in the 40s or 50s to a whopping 7.3%. So that pass by Ryan Fitzpatrick, just to set up that field goal to win the game, that was probably putting the Dolphins in the best situation. They could almost lock in them a spot in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure with a win this week, they'll lock in their spot. You know, and then you look at this Tennessee team. Ryan Tannehill facing his former team who dumped him. Uh, I think he's definitely going to have a little bit of a sour taste in his mouth, but this Miami defense is no joke. I think Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill are going to have their hands full. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who they go with. If I'm Miami, I, I think I go with Tua. I, I really do. You know, He's supposed to be your franchise guy in, from here on out. You want him to get a playoff game under his belt. You want him to get as comfortable as he can, but I understand you know, the side of wanting to protect him and make sure that he's there for you and he's not on the sideline or not, you know, God forbid, an RG3 situation. Um, but I, I can see them going with Fitzpatrick as well. It, it makes sense, but if it was me, I think I would definitely go with Tua. Let's, uh, let's go to the over to the NFC side. You know, like I said earlier, Green Bay has their first round bye. Chicago, New Orleans. I, I don't think New Orleans is going to have a tough time with Chicago. I mean, Alvin Kamara coming off a six-touchdown game. Drew Brees is healthy. I'm, I said it earlier in the year. This New Orleans Saints team is a dangerous football team. When they get going, they're probably one of the best teams in the NFC. So I don't see them having a tough time with Chicago unless Trubinsky and Allen Robinson and these guys can just come together, you know, get a quick start or – put New Orleans in a hole that's just hard for them to dig out of. And I think that's the same thing that's going to happen with this other matchup between Tampa Bay and Washington. You know, Tampa Bay has been progressively better these past couple weeks. Tom Brady's looking like Tom Brady of old. But this Washington football team is a serious team. They have a great defense with Chase Young and all these other guys leading the way. Their offense is still kind of hit or miss. But if I'm Washington, these distractions really showed that Dwayne Haskins – just isn't the guy and to come into the playoffs now facing a guy like Tom Brady who is the guy it's a challenge for this Washington football team but I think Alex Smith and these guys are ready for it I think they've been waiting for this opportunity to really prove that their record doesn't show how well of a team they actually are last game in the NFC is the Rams in Seattle for all my fantasy guys out there who had Russell Wilson he let us down in the times we needed him. You know, Seattle might have a great record, but Russell Wilson has not been playing like Russell Wilson lately. I, I think that has in part to do with defenses kind of trying to lock down DK and Tyrell Lockett because those are his weapons. You know, you, you look at the stats, I and mean, he was just feeding these guys the ball. Chris Carson gets it a lot as well, but if you slow down DK and Tyrell Lockett, you're really stopping this offense a lot. Uh LA has been very hit or miss as well. You know, Jared Goff isn't what he was when he first came in the NFL. And I, I, I just don't think they have the pieces around them to really get back to the Super Bowl, get back to where they were a couple of years ago. So I don't see Seattle having too much trouble with this. But either way, Seattle's defense is like Swiss cheese. So who knows what can happen. But either way, I think this 
the first round of the playoffs is going to be great, but if things go the way they should in the first round, the second round is going to be very exciting to see. I, I would love to see a Green Bay Tampa matchup or something. That would be incredible to see Aaron Rodgers go against Tom Brady with so much on the line because if you want to see postseason Tom Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in the past, you would have prayed for them to meet in the Super Bowl, but now we're going to get them hopefully in the playoffs. So fingers crossed, and let's hope that we can get that. <clears throat> you know, let's, let's talk some more sports we got. Let's talk some NBA. It's NBA season just started up. Things are looking good for a lot of teams, a lot of draft picks sh- shining well, and it's been a good year so far. I think the Lakers just they look like the best team in the NBA. They they did last year and they do right now. They're just a complete sound team. I think through and through you have LeBron James, Anthony Davis. You have so many people on this team that contribute on the bench and off the bench as a starter. And you know, if if Klay Thompson would have never got hurt for the Warriors, I really do believe the Warriors would have been the biggest threat to them in the West. Right now in the West, you know, the only team that I can say really sticks with them on paper would be the Rockets. But, I mean, either way, there's the, there's a the possibility that James Harden could leave Houston. And if, if he leaves Houston, I think that dampers them completely. Then the, you're really just left with the Clippers. But if the Clippers play like they did last year in the playoffs, they're not even going to compete at all with L.A. I don't think Denver uh, – can repeat their comeback magic as they did last year in the first two rounds. I, th- I think Jamal Murray is a tremendous basketball player, but I just don't see them uh, repeating that. I think teams will kind of learn how to contain them, especially later on in the season. Um, so yeah, I, I think the Lakers right now would just have the West on lock. I've really seen a lot. You know, we, have, we haven't seen a lot because the season just started, but if we're going off everything from last year and off-season additions, this this Lakers team really looks like they want to repeat. Over in the East, though, it's it's diff- it's different in the East. There's a lot of good teams. You know, Brooklyn has just been. They, they it's amazing to watch them play. I think Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are some of the best players in the league, hands down. So to have them on the same team and just gel with each other and build this chemistry is incredible. I mean, to me, Kevin Kevin Durant's the best natural scorer in the NBA. I mean. Every time this guy has the rock in his hands, it's going in. Whether it's from the three-point line, a fadeaway jumper, driving up the lane, or even on the free-throw line. He just makes plays happen. And then you have a guy like Kyrie Irving, who's just a master at finding people and just playing the game of basketball. They really – they could take the East. I, I, I could see it happening. But they have a lot of competition around them. You, know, you have Milwaukee, who was the one seed last year. You have a guy like Giannis, who's really – one of the best players in the league, if not the best. Uh, you have Boston. I think Boston's still going to keep around the conversation. Jason Tatum is really finding his own and becoming his own, you know, franchise-esque player. But to me, the biggest question mark is the Miami Heat. Can they return to the NBA Finals or even to the conference championship in the East? I think it's going to be interesting to see if Jimmy Butler can stay healthy and this team can play well and get their shooting right, I think they have a legit chance. Because you you watch these these matchups from last year's playoffs, they were shooting incredible from the three-point line every single round. And then they reached the finals, and there was just so many so many misses, so many bricks, so many air balls. There was 
it's like something happened to them and they just couldn't do anything. It's like the Monstars came down and took their powers from the ball. There's your Space Jam reference. Oh, I think Miami has a lot to work towards, especially with all these other teams in the East really building. You know, look at Washington. They just got a guy like Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is probably one of the best point guards in the NBA, if not the best. Maybe if, if I'm taking best point guard, it's between him and Damian Lillard, in my opinion. Uh, but that Washington team could really, you know, turn some heads and never count out Philly. I think Joel Embiid and these guys have, expect a lot from themselves, as the media does as well. But I, I think, you know, the city of brotherly love really wants to see their 76ers reach the promised land once again and see if they can really do something. I, I think they have the pieces, and they're right there. They're just lacking that little bit that they need. I, I think, you know, they're missing maybe one key player, I know they're in the hunt to get James Harden. If they were to get James Harden, I really think they're right up there with Brooklyn at that point because Ben Simmons is a great player. He finds people all the time. He's a great he's a great passer. James Harden doesn't pass the ball as much, but still gets his assists. But James Harden's a for sure 25 points a game at least. Joel Embiid can give you 20 when he needs to. He's great in the paint. He can shoot the ball. They have pieces around them, so if – if the 76ers can really pull off this trade with James Harden, I really do believe they're they're right there in the East. All right, leaving the NBA, my probably my favorite sport. The MLB is almost back. I say almost, even though it's far away, just because I'm praying and hoping that it comes quicker. You know, this this year's gone by fast, so I'm hoping that the first couple months of 2021 go fast, so we can get back into MLB baseball. And speaking of MLB, you know, it, it's been interesting so far in this offseason. Uh, as a Giants and Marlins fan, there's a lot of teams that are above those teams. You know, it's just, I'm looking at it right now in front of me. This San Diego Padres team is just incredible now. All the noise they made last year, they, they had such a good hitting crew. They had Manny Machado, Tatis Jr., so many people, Eric Hosmer. Had so many guys in this team that contributed offensively, and they had a good core defensively and pitching-wise. But to add a guy like Blake Snell and you Darvish to your staff, guys who have won Cy Young Awards and competed at high levels, this is going to be something that really helps the San Diego team and hurts you know the other teams that they're on. I think Tampa Bay is going to take a huge hit from this. I think Chicago is... I think Chicago's going to have to fill a gap with their pitching core, and I, I just really – I don't want to see that team fall apart. But if they don't really shine like they should, I don't – I see Chris Bryan or maybe Anthony Rizzo going to another team, and then the Cubs are kind of just rebuilding and then waiting another 108 years for a World Series. Um, but, yeah, San Diego's just – they're ready to compete with L.A. this year. I think they're tired of watching the Dodgers take the NL West every year. As are the Rockies and Giants, but you know when, when you have a successful team and you have good players, it's easier to bring in other guys in free agency. It's those players want to play for a successful team and compete in the playoffs or have a chance to. So, it's understandable why teams would choose San Diego over other teams in the NL East or just any other team in the NL. You know, speaking of the NL East, the Rockies are in a really tough situation right now because you're kind of wasting the good years of. Nolan Arenado with San Diego and LA really taking hold of the NL West. And if that's the case, the Rockies are going to be struggling to find a wild card spot, which most likely wouldn't happen. 
So if I'm the Rockies and I'm trying to ship Nolan Arenado somewhere, I want to build a staff. I want to build a defensive-sided team so that when you are facing the Padres and you're facing the Dodgers and you're facing the Nationals and all these other big teams, you have a staff that can compete with their big bats because in reality, anybody can hit a baseball. You, if, you, if you're in the MLB or you're in the minors, you're there because you know how to hit a baseball. They're not just going to put you on a team just because of your glove and not because you can hit. Gl- defensive side of baseball is what is natural. You, you need to know how to feel the ball. That just – it comes over time. I think hitting – that's – I think hitting is the biggest thing the Rockies need. And losing a guy like Nolan Arenado is going to hurt them tremendously. So I just don't really know what they could get for it to deal with a lot of people. I think if I'm Nolan Arenado, I definitely would have go to a contender. I could see him possibly uh, – going to the Nationals, maybe even the Mets, or he could go to the AL side. If he goes AL side, I'd... Is, is it much... Is pain, uh, I'm so sorry. As much as it pains me to say this, if Nolan Arenado were to go to the AL side, I think, I'd, I think he'd probably pop up in a Boston Red Sox uniform. I think the Red Sox would really try to swoop in on him. You know, you lose a guy like Mookie Betts, and then to bring in another guy like Nolan Arenado, I think he just puts you right back in the conversation. I think the Yankees really showed last season that they want to hold this division down, and the Rays kind of losing Blake Snell dampers them. Toronto's, I think, still trying to find themselves with their young guys, but bringing, this guy, bringing Arenado into Boston I think would be a huge move for them. So look for that. And if that happens, you heard it here first in the bearded table. Uh, another big guy, you know, George Springer. I think these Houston Astros, I think their distractions, everything everything that's going on with them is still going to linger for a long time in the media and fans talking about. But I think as a clubhouse and a locker room, I think they're trying to move past that and focus on the goal ahead, and that's next season and trying to win another championship. So with a guy like George Springer possibly not going to be in the mix anymore, I think that's really huge for the Astros. You know, he's a great outfielder. He gives you a great glove, great bat, but... I think, you know, he's part of the heart and soul of this Houston team that was built up for these championships. I think he uh, he just brings so much to the table that if he goes, they're really going to miss it. You know, Altuve's great. Car- Carlos Correa is probably one of the best shortstops in the MLB. But, I mean, it's like it's like a big three situation. You, I would say George Springer's the Chris Bosh of the situation. Yes, you have a Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, but... If Bosch would have never got that rebound and passed it out to Allen, we wouldn't have had another championship. So I think Springer is the X factor in the quote-unquote big three of Houston. So him going somewhere else is really going to hurt them. But there's a lot of teams that need outfielders. There's a lot of teams that need bats. Um, fingers crossed for my sake. I'm Like I said, I'm a Marlins and Giants fan. I would love to see George Springer on either of those teams. I think... I think he'd have a better chance of going to Miami than he would San Fran. I think Miami could be a hot destination for free agents or just anybody, you know, trying to turn a team into a contender. Don Manningly really showed last year that it's a next man up kind of mentality that they have people through the organization that are ready at any time that anybody goes down. I mean, we Marlins had, I want to say, I think it was 13 or 15 people test positive for COVID and that stint in the beginning of the MLB season. And, 
as a fan, you look at that going, damn, you know, we have a good team, but losing all these guys is just going to hurt us. And all these guys coming in on short notice, there's probably not going to be a lot of success. But there was success. You know, everybody who stepped up did their part, whether it was pitching or hitting or even pinch hitting or pinch running. I, I think Don Mattingly is instilled in this organization, as well as Derek Jeter, that you need to compete and you have a chance to hear. There's a lot of guys in these team on this team that if they were on another team, they wouldn't even be getting a starting position or in the 40-man the roster. Most of them probably be in AAA. So to get these opportunities, you have to take the, the most of it. So I think that's really what – I think that's the mentality that Derek Jeter's created in Miami, and it's really showing. So I think George Springer could really benefit from a team like Miami, maybe a team like Washington as well. I don't. I don't see him going to Atlanta. I think Atlanta's set in their ways. I don't think they need to really change anything. I think they're one of the most exciting teams in the MLB. So, I think George Springer is going to stay in the AL side unless he creeps over the NL. But the only one I'm I'm pretty sure I know where he's going is DJ LeMahieu, and I think he's staying with the Yankees. I think he's just waiting to find the right deal, the right yearly payments whatever whatever kinks they need to work out in that contract that's probably where they're at right now but if i'm dj lemayhew i'm definitely staying with the new york yankees you know you had so much success last year for yourself and as a team and you have guys around you that are hungry i mean if i'm john carlos stan i want to i want to ring you you got to win the world baseball classic you got to taste what it's like to celebrate with a team, celebrate with your brothers. And I, I think he went really wants that. I mean, that was the point of him coming to New York was to, you know, get, take his game to the next level and get to where he couldn't in Miami. So if I'm DJ, DJ LeMahieu, I'm definitely looking around at my team and saying, you know, I belong here. I found where I can play well and I'm appreciated. So I think the Yankees would be very stupid to let him slip through their fingers. Uh, and that's it really for the MLB today. You know, nothing much really going on. The next episode will probably be in 2021 in the new year where we'll be talking about hopefully some more NFL playoffs. We'll maybe have some more MLB trades to talk about. Maybe even dabble into some soccer and some hockey next time. But I want to thank you guys for all tuning in. Uh, apologize for the little hiatus. You know, have to deal with schoolwork. And like I said earlier, I know. Some of you might know how that is. Others might not, but that's life. So thank you for tuning in to the Bearded Table, Episode 8. I'm Jonathan, and I'm signing off.